0: To be totally truthful, this is probably world's premier to make an official statement, Airbnb is not the beyond the end all. And I think that's the
1: first thing I'm giving you away right away. What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the short-term rental secrets podcast i'm your host mike shogren here with my main man and brother from another mother mr emmanuel pani what's going on E?
2: my brother so good to see you has been such a crazy week um things are getting busy man i uh i got my term sheet uh for my refinance signed yesterday um Got a great, great rate, super excited. And, and for those of you that have been listening to me ranting about this for the past year, you know, has been, has been a long process. Uh, so just so deeply filled with gratitude as to, you know, it happens when it's supposed to happen and we're putting up crazy numbers, occupancy-wise, profit-wise, and and that definitely helped. So I think, it, as always, you know, we want things to happen kind of quicker, uh, but they happen when they happen. And there's usually a reason after the fact that they happen when they did happen Uh, we have two units coming up live in this next uh probably by the end of this month uh so two new management units uh that's been that's been fun one of them that the the owner super artistic she did a whole uh, disney team so every room is different she did all the art herself and i'm like that is just you know i mean like that's gonna go such a long way um so yeah, man, just, just excited. I know you guys are also working on your refinance. That's also going well. So it's,
1: yeah, yeah. We got the, uh, we got the green light from the, uh, the board at the bank yesterday. So we should close on that in the next couple of weeks. Um, I was hoping to get more money out from being honest, <laughs> but I'll take what we got. So it we was always still, want uh, more
2: money. That's just kind of how life is, you know,
1: quick tip for listeners, right? Like it, for that for that hotel that we did, right, I raised capital for that, right and so my when you're handling other people's money, you're handling their trust and first priority is always making sure that you get your investors' money back so we got all their money back out within a year and a half, plus some on top of that, plus the you know recurring cash flow and the equity that we built up is fantastic um, so always want to prioritize that first, so that's taken care of. I know last couple of weeks I've been talking about the the hotel that we've been offering on, on the Cape. I did not get that deal. So again, another lesson learned, uh, the company came in all cash, well over asking price. I was like, let them have it. That's fine. Right. So in in a heated market like this, you, you gotta be patient. You know, you pull the trigger quick, but don't get caught in some bidding wars. If the numbers don't pencil out, because at the end of the day, it's not worth getting into a bad deal just to get into a deal. So yeah, another lesson learned.
2: Yeah and you don't know what other people are paying for their money right so it depends who's who's behind those other people maybe to them money is cheaper or, or money is different you know like not all money all not money is the same right so if if you have very deep pockets behind you it's it's a different game um but i'm excited because this this podcast is kind of getting going on that, on a high level conversation which is which is very fitting for the guests we have so i'll i'll let you do introductions i nickname him in my mind the man with the red shoes because he told me a story one time about all the times he goes to conferences he speaks he wears red shoes right simon is that what it is yeah the man with the red i shoes. got married
0: in the red shoes so yeah. that's why
2: <laughs> i remember i was like god that red shoes man i'm so excited so i'll let mike do your your intro so we can do your proper justice but i'm super stoked to have you man
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody is in for a treat. If you're not driving, you should probably pull out a pen and paper because this gentleman is a wealth of knowledge in this industry. So today uh, we have Simon Lehman on the show. He's one of the world's foremost experts on short-term rentals and vacation rentals. He leads AJL Atelier, a specialized vacation rental and business consultancy, while also advising multiple companies as board member and executive chairman. He's a sought after speaker, a panelist and moderator. He loves to to broach the high-level and technical topics like uh, from the future trends of the short-term rental industry to the specifics of online distribution in the top five OTAs. Previously, Simon was the co-founder and chairman of Bacasa Europe. He's a former president of Focusrite and an ex-board member of HomeAway, to name just a few. He's also an accomplished operator, having led Inner Home, Hotel Plan Group, and Swissport as a CEO. So that is a hell of a bio, Mr. Lehman. Welcome to the show. So happy to have you.
0: Well, thank you, Mike, and i miss, You know, I don't know what to say. You know, I have never bought a, a larger bunch of flowers for my wife than you just given me. So uh, I feel I feel totally honored. But you know, at the end of the day, is what we do on a daily basis, and that is being passionate about this crazy vacation rental industry, and, uh, and that's why we're here. So I'm super happy to be here with you
1: guys today. Yeah, absolutely. So for the listeners, kind of walk us back, like to the beginning of how did you get into this hospitality world. What did that look like for you?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting one, Mike, and I don't want to take too much time, but that's actually a good one, which I've very rarely uh, shared uh, in the past. Uh, I was at the age of 35, and I got a, a call from a headhunter. I was in an executive vice president position at 1.3 billion uh, revenue uh, responsibility, which which is was crazy for a 35 year old. And I got a I got a call from a from a headhunter saying, "Do you want to take over a CEO job at a vacation rental company?" I said, "Are you totally out of your freaking mind? I mean, vacation rental? Uh, that's like 16 years ago. That's smelly carpets. That's like just you know, that's like the." Worse than secondhand car. That's like third hand car dealership and Tupperware uh, type business. And I said, "There's no way I'm gonna go into that. Just have a look at it." So I did, and I liked it. It's like, "Hey, wow, this is uh, you know rentals by you know second homeowners and everything else." And since 2005. <laughs> When he convinced me to look at that and said, yeah, I'm actually going to take a CEO job in the largest vacation rental company in the world. Uh, I've never left it ever since. So it's, it's a crazy story because I thought, you know, why do I want to rent people's second homes with, you know, bad inventory and bad kitchens and couches and curtains and smelly carpets and stuff. And uh, here we are. 16 years later, and things are evolving like crazy. And and it's been amazing that I've been part of the entire story with Brian Sharples, with Carl Sharpert from home away I mean who are great friends of mine I mean I really wrote the journey like a roller coaster from day one and it's been absolutely amazing 2012 I had the opportunity to interview Brian Chesky on on focus right stage which I will never forget together with Brian Sharple so we've done everything that we could have done in the vacation rental industry and we felt
1: the pulse from day one that's amazing that is amazing and it's what was your thought process like when you took over as CEO in a completely new industry? What was that like? Like what how do you transition to a totally new industry that you didn't have experience in and take the helm and move move the ship forward? And I'm asking this for a specific reason because Ian, and I talk a lot about this is a lot of people get into this business From the ground up and they get into the technician mode of of learning the nuts and bolts of the business. But the key, if they want to keep going, keep growing, is you have to put that CEO hat on and look at your business holistically. So when you came into that, what did that look like for you? Three things, distribution, cost of operation, supply.
0: So very simple. I mean, that's all there is to it, right? So at that time in 2005, we're printing catalogs like phone books. You know what phone books look like? This thick. Where do they end up on the toilet? You sit on the toilet and you look at vacation rental phone books for hours, and then see what what you like to rent. That's we we printed catalogs. There is there was no tomorrow, right? We had like twenty five different types: summer catalogs, Toscana catalog, Tuscany catalogs, mountain catalogs. We 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 segmented them, and we went through the travel trade. Cost us a, more, a fortune on on commission. Um, so distribution was one, reduce distribution cost, quick. Second, get the inventory to the level where people ask. So I we literally got rid of all our low quality properties very quickly. I mean, we had 20,000 plus properties and all our one star and two star properties in the French Alps only created uh, bad reviews. And, and, and feedback and customer engagement. So we got rid of all the crap. So we cleaned out the inventory. So it doesn't mean, so number of units don't mean anything at all. Quality of unit means. And quality of unit means not just the quality of the property itself, weeks available, uh, booking instant, instant, et cetera, et cetera. So we clean out the inventory dramatically. While, you know, I I always laughed in the past when when Booking.com announced its numbers and then Brian Chesky Twittered five minutes later, I have this much. I mean, totally nonsense because number of, of listings mean absolutely zero uh, to anyone. It's the quality of listings. The quality of listings is instant bookable. Quality of listings and reviews and and, and what you get for your money. So that's something you know. If if a, if a property is one week available on Airbnb, that property means very little uh, to the commerce of a, of a distributor. Um. So that's something that we were conscious about. Uh, cost of execution in terms of you know, how can we manage full service properties, uh, unit density in a destination, having enough units to actually have its own cleaning team, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So these are the three things that we were super focused about right at the beginning
1: um, to, 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 to build profitability of the business. I love it, I love it. And then from that point, what did your journey look like after you left that company? Cause you've had a lot of different experiences in the industry. So how, I guess, how long? Yeah, sure. Talking? I mean, that's
0: absolutely Mike. So sorry to interrupt you, but that's like a 10 years forward. And that 10 years was literally most of my life because we need to reshape a, a business that was founded in 1965. So <clears throat> one thing I want to mention here also to the audience and, and I, I, people need to remember, please, vacation rental, sharing accommodation is older than hospitality ever. And hospital business. So, one thing that I said in many uh, speeches that I did, one of which was Thayer Venture in 2019 in San Francisco, my first slide was a cave, and basically said to the audience, Hey, we have shared our caves before Brian Chesky was even thought of. So, let's put things into perspective here. We've always shared our accommodation, and this is nothing new. Hotels came a lot later. We are the oldest version of hospitality ever and there is no discussion ifs and buts it's a fact we've always shared our houses with our friends and and sharing economies is a, is, a, is a is a you know a termination of of some new kids <laughs> we have shared uh, you know in, in when we were hunting mammoth and, uh, and weather was bad, so we shared somebody else's caves. So that's nothing new. So just to put that point, so 10 years forward, yes, I did a lot of things uh, in the interim, um, in terms of distribution, we were the first property manager company to integrate with Booking.com in 2008, 13 years ago, we integrated our entire inventory with Booking.com. It was a revolution. The day we integrated with them, we had, we had to double our workforce in our call center because people were asking us where to get the keys and how to check in and this and that. So we are, I can literally say that company has helped educate the consumer and the traveler what vacation rental is all about. And all the OTAs have embraced it. HomeAway embraced it the year after, TripAdvisor as well. So we, we've, we were the first large property manager company in the world who integrated with OTAs. And we've educated the consumer and OTAs about what vacation rental is all about. So 10 years forward, I I produced uh, electric bikes for two and a half years. I wanted to uh, step away from vacation rental, but my heart was still there. So I came back after Focusrite uh, and now I have my own consultancy firm. And to summarize what AGL Atelier is doing, first of all, it's the name of my kids, of the kids of my wife and I, we founded a company together. Um, AGL means Alison, Jack, Eileen, Lehman, uh, Atelier. Uh, there's a horizon in our logo, which is global. And the A is a roof of a vacation home. Simple as that. So what we do, we are consulting any stakeholder uh, or talking to any stakeholder within the vacation rental industry. And that's
1: what we do. And we do it with a passion. I can feel it. I feel the energy. I love it. I love it. So based on on your experience right kind of bringing it back to a lot of our audience that's in the early stages of this what are some pointers that you would give them and i love the point that you brought up about quality of units versus quantity cuz i've had this debate with a lot of operators that have a lot of units and i'm like yeah but how profitable are your units you know so focusing on on the right unit mix for you and your portfolio for somebody that's just getting started what are some key points that you would give to them as they're starting to map out what their journey is going to look like with this business? Because I don't think a lot of people pause to actually think about this before they jump in. Yeah. To be totally truthful,
0: this is probably world's premier to make an official statement. Airbnb is not the beyond the end all. And I think that's the first thing I'm giving you away right away. So I I was just looking in my office, where do I find the Kleenex box? Because I would have shown it to you and say, you know, do, do I need a Kleenex? Well, I need one. It's a tissue. Uh, Airbnb is not vacation rental. Airbnb is a marketplace. Airbnb has done a tremendous job in building a brand and a marketplace, but I'm literally flabbergasted and, and amazed that people think that's the only way in how we can build a business. And we need to be very careful about this. So number one, my distribution strategy to owners would be go as wide as you possibly can and channels as, as possible as you can and start building your own brand from the day you start, don't be rely like don't rely on third parties. From the day we start, and this is an interesting one, Mike. You know, you are on the other side of the of the pond, as we say. I'm based in Switzerland, Europe. Uh, we have in Europe traditionally our direct booking uh, uh, percentages are far higher than the US. US, it's no more than twenty percent, even less and in in europe it's still around 60 50% direct booking and you know we want to increase that but you need to build a brand for that and i think we have not taken advantage of knowing our customers through the channels that we get so therefore i'm saying going as wide as you can on the channels to attract customers there is more than airbnb there's many other channels there's booking there's expedia there's homeaway there's VRBO, whatever and and many other like there's now meta search home to go do I mean there's so many other channels, and then get these customers to you and and get them sticky. So distribution and getting you know that's something that I would urge the people to to be very careful about building a business. I mean I was I had the great pleasure to be part of the STR Legends of Eric and, and Jasper uh, last last Jan in, in Cartagena. And I was exposed to together with Dave Krauss from Rent Responsibly and Anton from AutoHost with with me. I mean, we were sort of the dinosaurs in this in this in this gathering, and we sort of educated these STR legends to to this world. And I said, "How can you possibly sleep at night building a business on a sold demand channel? I mean, that's insane." So that's something I would, I
1: mean, that's for me, it's just mind boggling and you should never do. It's, just, it's so interesting that you say that I, um, Ian and I have very different backgrounds. Like he came through this, you've been in this, what e like 10 years and
2: 10 years. Yeah. Probably,
1: like before we 11. started hanging out a few years ago, like you were pretty much all direct bookings, right? Like, were you even yeah. on the platform? Yeah.
2: I've, I, I hated very similar to what Simon is saying, right? Like I, when I bought into my business, it was a direct booking business. And similar to him, like people have been coming down to South Florida, being, being the snowbirds for way before any OTA was available. So we had a continuous flow of people coming. And I remember going on VRBO and going on Airbnb and not having control of the emails and being like, I don't want to be here. I, I can not talk to the customer directly. I don't have their phone numbers. And so, so I only have end up using it now mostly for like I just use it for holes. So when I have little gaps, so my booking very and now I know very un-American of me, 60 to 70% of my bookings are all direct bookings. Um, just because we have created a reputation and have a name um that comes through it. And I like it better because it just I get To keep control of my reservation and i get to get my clients information and grow my email list and
0: and And your unit economics hopefully as well right yeah exactly no
2: exactly and 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 it just also people are kinder i don't know it just when, when people come through your direct bookings they they are i don't know airbnb has also made people very spoiled as to what you can get away with as a traveler, I think they're also embodying this kind of culture that is very um, traveler-centric versus host-centric. So a lot of travelers, kind of, I think, have come to take advantage of it.
1: Interesting, interesting. Um, I want to ask you this, Simon, because you you've been involved in this for a while, and one of the things that I've been working on over the last couple of years is, is kind of bridging the two, the two gaps and creating this like quasi baby of like bridging the ho- the traditional hotel versus the vacation rental space. So like the, the two properties that we have now, we've kind of blended those two models. So it's, it's a hotel, but it leverages a lot of the technology. And I'm curious, like, if you're seeing more of that and what do you think the future of that looks like? You know, I don't think the traditional hotels are, are going anywhere. The they have they serve a place in the marketplace. But I, I feel like there's this unique niche that you can kind of play in in some of those smaller boutique type of properties that you can blend those worlds and still give a good guest experience. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Without a doubt, Mike. You know, I mean, my emotions just pumping up because you know, when we when we integrated with Booking.com at the time, uh, my word was now convergence in hospitalities taking place. Well, that was wrong because the convergence took place in terms of the consumer, where we helped. You know, I remember in 2008, I was traveling uh, to our offices at Interhome at the time. And uh, I was in one of the offices in South of France. And there was this lady in front of the office and, and going totally like she was freaking out. It's like like, where, where is my hotel? And then we checked her booking and we said no you booked on booking.com but you booked an apartment no i booked on booking.com i booked a hotel you booked an apartment so she didn't realize that she actually booked an apartment on booking.com um which she felt she 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 booked a, a hotel so we had to give her a key so she went to her apartment and everything was fine but so that was a transition of convergence in terms of the consumer behavior to, to buy hospitality type products. And Booking.com and others had you know literally the vision to say, we can combine that. Now your question goes towards the product and say, okay, the product itself is now for me, finally 13 years forward, converging on the product side. Right, so so the convergence was happening on the distribution side in in making different type of accommodation attractive to consumers. Say, you can book a hotel, you can book a vacation rental, you can book this and that. Uh, they've the OTAs have gotten that very early, very quickly. But now I think the content is starting to converge. The product is starting actually to converge, and I think that's the way to go because people want choice, right? So I believe, you know, we need to be, we need to, before we can play the hospitality game, we need to lift the game in the vacation rental game in order to address the same type of customers. And I always refer to the latest market study of Focus Ride in 2019, where it became obvious that only 40% are actually renting and 60% don't rent. So what does that mean for the conversion of the product? If you can provide hospitality-like service and amenities and, 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 and the comfort, then people will rent a vacation rental over a hotel while the services are the same so that that means we we need to accelerate the convergence of the product that we need to deliver in terms of addressing the customer and and then this will happen a lot faster and at the end of the day you know one day you know you're in the hotel room well tonight i cook but tomorrow we go out for dinner i mean that is awesome right so you have both so you're in actually your new privacy, which you need. I mean, post COVID, we don't need to discuss that. Who wants to be at the at the at the breakfast buffet at seven o'clock in the morning, where everybody coughs into the eggs? Nobody needs that. So you you rather stay in your room. You you boil your own eggs, but you still have the luxury of of the service with maybe a gym or a pool or, or whatever. So and and have a remote check in because you get a you get a door key through your mobile phone and and and, and house automation. So I think. Now, more than ever, things are converging, and hotel companies have understood that too. And we're seeing a lot of hotels converting, converting mixed inventory. We do some hotel inventory traditionally. We do some accommodation in different ways. I mean, there's no other place in the world apart from Europe who has more individual hotels, and and they're struggling in, in addressing their product. And, and I think that's where it's happening. So, so finally, the product of hospitality is becoming to converge also on the product side, and it needs to have both. So there's no one size fits all. We need to be flexible enough in how we provide hospitality to our guests. Is it better, you know, you like the traditional uh, hotel room and service, or do you rather like a, a little bit more uh, freedom and independence in terms of product uh, towards a short-term rental? And that's where we need to go.
1: I think, I think your next project needs to help figure out what do we call these things? Cause I hate the word (laughs) hotel. It just, I'm like, that's so clunky. I'm like, we need a sexy name for this thing. Like, it's not a hotel. It's not an apartment. It's this match made in heaven, baby thing. I don't know what to call it. I've been trying to figure out what to call it for a while now, but I think, like I was saying, I just think that there's a big opportunity, especially for a lot of the at least around here in New England, and I bet there's a lot of these in Europe too, a lot of these like older, like boutique style inns that can really bridge the gap and, and leverage a lot of the technology that we use and reduce their overhead and do a lot of these things and provide a good guest experience. I think there's huge upside there. So, Without a doubt. And I, I,
0: I could not agree with you more than I just have a deja vu again, Mike. When I was CEO of Interhome, we wanted to build a foundation in Switzerland uh, um, about alternative accommodation and we called it the apart hotel so we we had like the youth hostels we had the camping we had the bed and breakfast and we had the vacation rental on the one roof and we called it the apart hotel uh, association right and we were not smarter to come up with something bigger uh, alternative accommodation is also a, a challenging one um because now for me, it's hospitality 3.0 because everything becomes one. But finally, because before COVID, trust me, oh, that's my view, we had clear denomination factors between hotels and different types of accommodations. But today, that line with in, in, in relation to consumer behavior has become so blurry. So we need to start talking about hospitality. And that hospitality comes... I mean, look at what, what you know, our dear friend's uh, uh, um, ex-home away who raised hundreds of millions of RV share. I mean, excuse me, what is RV? So that's all part of it because the consumer behavior has changed. But RV, to be in an RV, that's hospitality. That's cool, right? So staying in a tent, staying in a five-star hotel, Staying at, at a boutique hotel and a short-term rental, staying in whatever, that's hospitality. And I think it's time for us as a hospitality industry to come to the conclusion and, the, and 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 the understanding that we are in the hospitality world, no matter what kind of product we are offering, because the consumer likes diversity, and that's what we need to cater for. So I think we need to get rid of the silos. We are all in the hospitality world. We need to get together because regulation will be clamping on us. We have a lot of challenges to come against. The hotel lobby will fight us. And at the end of the day, hey, let's understand. I mean, at at the moment, just as a side note, there is never ever in history before have been more hotels on sale in Spain in barcelona today ever before what does that tell you so hey it's time to get together mm-hmm.
2: 100%. yeah it's it's funny because now it's um going back i was in um uh, the hood. denver last week and i actually had to book a hotel because i couldn't find an airbnb whereas before you would book airbnbs because you can't find hotels now it's, it's becoming the opposite right like I'm having a harder time finding Airbnbs than I do finding hotels and then hotels I can have a negotiation because there is so much more availability in comparison to nothing before. Um Simon, do you see do you see hospitality brands kind of embracing this 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 type of mindset that you're talking about? Like do you see do you see a Hilton or yeah. a Marriott brand, start buying RV parks and maybe a large Airbnb, like a a large vacation rental company and just incorporating that in?
0: I mean, for that, we don't have enough time to have a conversation (laughs) about, but I can give you a quick answer. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Homes and village by Marriott International, I thought is going to be the groundbreaker because you have a strong brand, Uh, you know, Homes and village by Marriott. I mean, Marriott you know, owns six hotels, manages six and a half thousand. So, okay, we can do the same vacation rental. I think Marriott has a massive recipe to be very successful in this space. And I think it's just, the question is how you address it strategically, uh, what you own, what you don't own in terms of value proposition and commissions and customer relations and everything else. I think that's what the deep question is here. Mm. You know, I think, you know, hotels need to go down that avenue. Hyatt, Marriott, uh, Hilton, IHG. Everybody needs to go down that avenue. Start to understand it better, where the value prop is. What value can they add in terms of membership, creating added value to them in terms of different inventory. Aggregating this inventory is, is difficult. You know, which brand owns thousands and thousands of units? No one. I mean, you know, are worth $4.5 with thirty thousand units in a market like this big, it's ridiculous. It doesn't mean anything at all. It's a it's it's a it's a tiny fish in a massive pond, overvalued, which. It doesn't make sense. So I think we need to go back and understand what is hospitality about? What is the consumer needs all about? I think I still believe there is an opportunity, massive opportunity in short-term rental and vacation rental to build a meaningful brand. But when you mean it from the day the customer walks through your door Mm -hmm. and then you give him a good customer experience and the day he walks away, you make sure He books back uh, back with you. What are your repeat rates? What are return rates of 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 your listeners? You know, do they get 30% of the customers back? Do they get 50% of the customers back? I doubt it. And you know, we do not enough on building relations to be a better provider of hospitality than what the hospitality industry is and itself. We can learn so much that has happened out there in the industry. Why don't we do it better and learn from that and create 50 60% repeat customers because they're happy with your brand and everything else. So there's so much we can learn and do better with the hotel brands as well. And they want to go down that avenue without a doubt. They have money and they have power. So we need to be smart. Mm-hmm.
2: I love that you brought brought that up because I actually read an article and, and I'm probably going to butcher it a little bit, but it actually, and I read that like once you get somebody, like our thought is if I get somebody to come back once, I'll gain a customer, right? But then it actually shows that once somebody comes back three to four times, there is then a 60% chance they'll remain clients for the rest of their life or they'll keep coming back more often, more often than not. Um, and I love also the point that you brought up, Marriott owns six hotels and manages 6500. And I think a lot of our, our listeners are in that, in that boat of like, what business model do I use? Like, do I do management? Do I do ownership? Is there a benefit more in doing one versus the other? What would you say? Like, would you say there is a better point in creating a strong management company? So you want to be like Marriott that only owns six vacation rentals, but then you're managing 6,500 or or where is where is the power there? Is the power in owning more or managing more?
0: I mean, it's a great question, Ian. We're getting so deep now in what's happening because the master lease guys have all evaporated, right? So sonder was one of the few that survived. And now we're thinking, okay, what is the next big recipe? Do we own? Do we manage? Do we do whatever? Great question. And, you know, at the end of the day, I feel full service is the way to go, without a doubt. You know, agency distribution has a, has a small take on, on what you do. Uh, you can, you know, you beat against Google, you beat against uh, online marketing, direct marketing, etc. cetera. I, I'm a strong believer in full service, without a doubt. So and I think that's where we need to go as an industry. So we want to control the value proposition towards guests end to end you know one thing we need to accept with some exceptions that we don't own the supply 98 percent of vacation rental supply is not individual is, is individually owned so we don't own that so the only thing we own is a relationship to an owner something we need to accept so we're good at relationship because our own asset that we have in vacation rental is trust so people trust us to manage their property right so that aside i think we need to control the entire guest experience from end to end from the from the moment they book until they leave the property you know i i remember when i when i when i started my job to say hey do we ask our guests how it was and do you book again I said no please don't because it's just problems right so that was before reviews that was before online reviews and and, and all the social media channels that we had so it's like Okay, but now you can't avoid that. You can't hide behind that. And I think we need to own the guest experience end-to-end as a property manager from the moment they start interacting with the product until they check out and then, kick it and then get them back again. And you need to create as much touch points as you possibly can before stay during stay after stay that you can capture them and and deliver a good guest experience and i think that really makes a great business for you to to um to to grow
1: and 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 build on basically i'm glad we went there because i was actually going to pivot to that because a, a lot of people ask me i'm a big fan of own real estate i love owning real estate but i also run a co-hosting management company whatever you want to call it and they said, yeah, but you're not building equity with your business. And I'm like, you don't understand how businesses work. If you build a business and you actually have systems and teams and processes, if you want to, you can sell that business. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast. And so I don't wanna go down the whole road of like some of the crazy valuations that are going on right now. But if, if somebody is in the mindset coming out the gate that they wanna build a business to sell it at some point, what are some things that you would give them? Because I know if I look back retroactively, when I started, I was taking any deals that I could get because I wanted to build my book of business and my credibility and track record and all that. And I I got spread out quickly. We were in five different states and it was all over the place and it was fine. It worked out, but I'm betting that's not nearly as attractive to somebody that was going to buy a portfolio, having a few units here, a few units there, a few units there. So I guess from a thought process standpoint, if somebody is looking to build a management company business to eventually exit, what are some pointers that you would give them? First of all, don't build
0: a vacation rental company to exit. Number one. Number two, create relationships to your guests and owners. That's what's going to be valuable to you when you eventually decide to sell the business, but never ever build a business today on the back of marketplaces like Airbnb to sell your business. I mean that, excuse me, you, you, I'm happy to, for you to quote me across the world. That's the most stupid thing that you can possibly do. I mean, seriously, if, I mean, I'm flabbergasted by all these clubhouse uh, rooms who talk about uh, Airbnb millionaires and all this bullshit. I mean, that's ridiculous. You know this is like gold mining times in the us we've had it before uh, many hundred years ago when people were uh, thinking that the gold, gold gold rush is happening now this is the airbnb gold rush we had the uber gold rush um and uh, and how many gold rushes do we see so totally stupid i think you need to go in it because you believe you can you can build a good product you can build a good margin. And then eventually you think about what you do with this business, either you're narrative to your children or you, you pass it on and sell it uh, for the right reason. The value of what you sell is your relationships uh, in terms of your customers and, and, and in terms of your hosts you know, that's the value that you sell. And you need to think about is that you need to stay on to sell that because these relations need need to be passed on to the next owner. And we've seen that in growth strategies of very large vacation rental companies in the US who have acquired many, 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 many companies and their churn rate was 30, 40 percent. They lost contracts while they acquired it because the relationship has been lost. So I think that's something you need to be mindful of, you know, build. Your asset is your guests and your hosts, and you need to build relationships. with those don't, you know, don't ever build. That's really my key. Don't ever build a vacation rental company to be sold. That's the most stupid thing you can do, especially if you're reliable to one channel or two. I mean, there's no asset. Why should somebody buy you? Because you're reliable on one demand channel. Worth, your business is worth zero it's worth nothing your contracts your owners are nothing because they will move uh, if if occupation will will drop if if demand will drop uh, owners will leave you uh, there is no relationship there at all and and on the guest side exactly the same so your repeat rates are not there your your um, your customer loyalty is not there so i mean it's and and then these acquisitions just create churn and 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 the value is being destroyed for everybody invested I think you need to go there for the right reason say okay I want to build this because i w- I'm a good host I'm a good um, I'm, a, I'm a good guest uh, I can I can take care of my 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 owners my 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 customers um, your heart and blood is into it you can optimize operations uh, execution everything else. And then I think there is absolutely a merit to sell it eventually, but that's the, the selling piece of it is coming later in the process of the strategic
1: building of the business. I'm glad you I'm glad you went there because yeah, I, that was
2: so good. Like that I, was so I do excellent.
1: a lot of calls with people and the, the first question that I ask them is is why are you doing this? Like why? If they tell me like, oh, because I can make a lot of money, I'm like, okay, well, there's a lot of ways to make a lot of money right now. So why? You can do
0: cyber, you can do cryptocurrency, you can do...
1: Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of options.
2: No, and there's also, I think I think what I was getting from Simon is also that has to be like your, your leading element when it comes to hospitality. And again, it's easier for me being Italian, but like it's that you want to take care of people. Like it is that, and, and if you're just thinking about just making money, and you're just going to sell it, it's going to be different. Whereas instead, if you're really growing a business because you love people and you love hosting people and you love taking care of people and you love taking care of your owners, it, the business kind of, the fundamentals of the business are going to feel very different than a business that just wants to make money. You know, like to me, at least it feels very different, right? Like a business that somebody tells me like, I'm doing this but in five years, I'm going to exit it and kind of sell it there is not that that heart in it that i would like to see you know what i mean and then maybe that's my own no but
0: uh, absolutely know. and you know first of all congratulations on the european cup um Thank that's you. a great great achievement switzerland Thank beat you. france so we're pretty yeah. happy about this as we, well we're also now very they happy. have uh, they have now Messi in paris i know so that's, i uh, know that's <laughs> Interesting movements, but but yeah. let me take it from there for a second. You know, it was one thing was a very eye opening to me, um, with with um, uh, Str Legends in Cartagena, where we had people just raking in money because the demand didn't stop from from Airbnb, and then Airbnb turned the switch; they were all effed, okay, entirely, mm-hmm. bang, mm-hmm. B wiped out. They were selling furniture on the street to make some living right? Because the demand stopped. Now, this is not the way to go about this and create value, right? So you need to be very mindful, where is my demand coming from? You know, what do I deal, how do I deal with my demand versus my supply? And one thing I want to, you know, one of my key messages here is, if you're a property manager, and a vacation rental, you know, enthusiast, the key message for me and the learnings that I've had over the years I've been in this business is please do take a balanced approach from owners to guests so hosts and guests are equally important in your value proposition and if you can manage that balance you're going to be successful because you need to manage the owner's requirements because it's their castle. It's their one home that they have in addition to their primary home that they're renting out. It's their castle. and On the other hand, the guest wants to have the best experience of their lives. So one thing that I've seen the biggest challenge in the, all the consulting work that we have done at AGL with property managers is that they were imbalanced. Some were more customer-focused, guest-focused. Some were more guest-focused Uh, a host focused so they did everything for the owner and 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 the guests were terrible and and the other way around and that's always that's ambivalent in terms of how you deal with it because you have different teams you have the, the teams who look after the owners you have the team who look after the guests and they all fight with each other because the guest complains and the owner says no my house is okay so if you can manage that balance as a dna within your business that Each stakeholder of our industry, which is always two, guest and owner, if you can balance that in your DNA, in your business, I believe you're going to be extremely successful because because you do best for both stakeholders, which you need to run a professional and profitable business. That was great.
1: Amazing. I want to be respectful of your time because I know we're already over here. Um, Before we... You pretty much just answered our, our last question. So I'll ask you a different one in a second here. But first, I just want to acknowledge you. And first off, thank you for coming on here and being so willing to share all your experiences and your insights for this industry. I know the listeners are going to get a ton of value out of this. Where can folks learn more about you, your consulting business, and how can they get in touch with you so we can get that out there for everybody?
0: Well, great question. So LinkedIn, Simon Lehman, AJL, Atelier. You see that on my logo here. Everybody will find me. Um, So, you know, I'm speaking at most of the conferences. I would love to get people engaged with us. Um, I think, you know, if people know my name, then people will find me in the vacation rental industry and we'll be very humble to engage and, and support and help. Um, in, in whatever their challenges are. And, and, and that's what we're here for. So we are the go-to partner in the vacation rental industry. So I think with Simon Lehman, L-E-H, M-A-N-N, uh, on H A L
1: Atelier, people will, will find me with that or that. I love it. And we'll have all those links down in the show notes for people. So the last question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals? But I think we just kind of touched on that.
0: Okay, let for. me tell you that little story. I mean that that's a, a, a it's an amazing story. So we covered Interhome as such, but when I was went to I, I went to Focusrite conference in 2006, I was invited by Philip Wolf, who now deceased, um, has invited me to a group of 35, uh, 42 uh, superior executives in the online travel space. I sat down with a person, uh, we had four tables in the kitchen of the hotel in Phoenix, Arizona. And um, we had ten tables, uh, four tables of executives. I was sitting next to one and the US people are very friendly and introduced themselves to each other. Uh, the, the, tur- the gentleman on my left was uh, a guy, good dressed, very gentle. I said to him, you know, my name is Simon, what do you do for a living? And what's your name? He says, my name is Jeff Boyd. And my jaw dropped to the ground because he was the chairman and CEO of Priceline Holding at the time, worth 500 billion, and I had no clue who he was. And he says, "What's your name?" I said, "I'm Simon." He said, "What do you do?" I'm, well, "I'm a vacation rental manager in Europe, and we rent properties." And on that day, he saw Brian Sharples' presentation on stage of Home Away, and said, "You know, I love vacation rentals." But the shit with HomeAway is we can't book that stuff because it's on request. It was a listings business at the time. And I said to him, excuse me, Mr. Boyd, but I have 24,000 bookable inventory on XML today for you at booking.com. So he literally reached out to his mobile on the table send an email to uh, a WhatsApp to Darren uh, Houston, who was CEO at booking.com at the time. said you're going to need to meet this guy because we are now just have 24,000 units of vacation rentals coming to the market. A week later, I was sitting in Amsterdam in Darren's office and the rest is history. We made vacation rental bookable on OTAs and that's the story.
1: Wow. That's, that's amazing. Like I'll, I'm speechless. I mean, you basically helped pioneer this whole bridge in the gap, which we talked about earlier, which is awesome. So again, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Cause I was a later bloomer than that and I didn't get in the game till 2017. So thank you for that. And um, again, thank you so much for being here. I know, uh, I know you've got quite the schedule and we, <laughs> you and I were going back and forth for a while, but I truly, truly appreciate you coming on. And uh, I have so much respect for what you've done for the industry and for all your insights and helping so many people and really raising, continuing to raise the bar for the short-term rental industry, because I think we had a bad rap for a long time. And I feel like if we continue to do a good job and get people to operate these things the quote unquote right way, it's going to help bridge that gap and and show the hospitality industry, like we're here to stay and this is what we're going to do.
0: So, mm-hmm.
1: Mike. First
0: of all, thank you very much for having me. Secondly, this now, as we speak, what is it? 12th of August. It's a time that will never come back again for our opportunity to make an impact in short-term rental, professionalize the business, and capture all these customers who have never rented before. We can do a better job than anybody else because the demand is
1: here, but we need to professionalize. 100%.
0: Well, thank you again.
1: Truly appreciate you. E, you got any parting words before we wrap it up? No,
2: thank you, Simon. I'm I'm always, I love Simon. Like anytime I, I have the honor and the privilege of kind of sharing a room, Um, I'm not a person of ego and I, and I recognize when somebody of, of greater mind and, and greater experiences is kind of speaking. And I go back to like just being a pupil and just kind of listening and just kind of soaking in. And, and I love, after all these years how passionate you are and how your passion is equally distributed between taking care of our owners and taking care of our guests because i think that is the main thing that really as you said needs to come through for anybody to be successful is we need to look after people because people are also tired of companies taking advantage and i think we have an opportunity to Take care of our guests, but also take care of our owners. Make a profit, and make a, a very um, symbiotic kind of business that it's that is good for everybody.
1: Awesome, totally. Thank you again, Simon. Really appreciate it. House Simon, everybody. Thank, thank, you, thank you guys. You. We'll see you guys gotcha. next week. Hey, STR Nation. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.